Pick up your paintbrush. It's time for Hobby Support Group. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Thomas. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. And yourself? Oh, you look very well, too. Looking spelt. Oh, um, I'm you. good. I'm here with one of your favourites. Uh, it's like I'm in 1930s Germany. I'm drinking Fanta. Oh, nice. I'm drinking some apple pie flavoured protein milk. Ooh, fancy. Quite nice. <laughs> so uh, it's, a, it's a good show. We've got all our, our hobby progress, having a look at what's in the gallery, uh, catch up on news, what we've been spending and buying and so on. And Yeah, this is our January hobby progress episode really we haven't got a snazzier title for what these ones are yet really look back at what we've been up to and what's been in the hobby news hobby progress ish with ancillary bits and tangents hobby bits (laughs) that sounds wrong (laughs) that's that's maybe an maybe we'll put a pin in that one probably hobby bits Oh, uh, should we get started, Tom? Yes, let's make a start and jump into hobby progress. Hobby progress. So, Tom, what have you been up to? What's been happening? I'm, I think you've probably done a little bit more than me this month. Well, it's it's been a little bit of a while since we did one of these, because I think the last time we actually chatted hobby progress and such was mid-December. Yep. So I've actually got quite a lot done, despite not really doing much for the last week or so. Hmm. Yep. So I suppose the big achievement really is a French six mil Waterloo army, mm-hmm. which is uh, picked it up at Salute back in November. So that's quite a good achievement, I think, you know, bought in November, painted by mid-January. Yeah. It's a really nice army. Looking forward to playing with it soon. It was, I really enjoy painting six mil as we, you know, sp- we spoke to Peter last episode and I think my yeah. Yeah, my fondness for six mil, I think, came across. What? I, I, it seemed totally impartial to me. I thought you had no opinion on six mil whatsoever. So I've got those fully based, all flagged up and magnetized. Yeah. And really looking forward to painting those. The only thing I've got left to finish really my six mil Waterloo project is some bits of terrain. Yeah. So I haven't got the tick on the oval list yet for that but you know there's one six mil laha saint to paint as um as that loser you're waiting for to get those prussians painted has he finished those yet well you see i just went ahead and painted the british and the french myself so you know i just mm. now rock up roll three you know press growing three people into playing with me and go right this is what we're playing tonight well the prussians did arrive late so you know <laughs> yeah it's in keeping then I made a start on the Ragnarok Dwarves that I got through Kickstarter early last year. And I think I've, t- I've talked about these models quite a lot in that I think they are gorgeous, gorgeous models. I got them all cleaned up, uh, put on the bases, primed, and I painted 12 of them. I think I've, there's roughly about 50 models in total in the Warband. But what I did, because they're such nice models, rather than painting them like a warband, I decided to paint each one like a character. So I've been doing like edge highlighting and dry brushing and wet blending layers and so 
as fancy a paint job as I can do on yeah. them. And so, you know, it, it took me a week to paint 12 of them, which for me is really slow. Yeah. And, you know, they're really nice. But after I'd done 12 of them, I was like, I don't really want to jump in and do another 12. Yeah. So I cleaned up and got ready some a 10 mil English Civil War army for the new model army. Because both you and Ed, you know, two people I played most often at games, have both already got painted 10 mil English Civil War. It makes sense. So I got those primed on bases, started to paint them and then have taken the last week off from hobbying really and been playing Assassin's Creed on the computer because I just felt like a change from painting. And why not? A good idea. I thought, you know, there's, I will get back to it in a, a day or two, but I'm quite busy at the minute and I've, you know, I've, I feel no rush to jump in there. And, you know, for January, I've not ticked anything off my overall list. But I think February, I'll quite possibly end up ticking three things off. And as I view the overall list anyway, I, I, I would never want like a hobby to feel like I've got to do this because I've got to hobby. Yeah. Hobby is supposed to be an enjoyable hobby activity. Yeah. And so I'm quite happy to have taken a little break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my January has been, been pretty slow myself for my work. Uh, my work, the great work that is my, my painting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how far we went back because I did some some vehicles for my Dutch in the Pacific, uh, some armoured vehicles and a little tank there. And I did some uh, some ten mil scenery. I mean, the ten mil scenery it used to six mil or ten mil, really. Um, that's the good thing about it. Um, and I did a couple of little tiny ten mil tanks, a little thirty eight T, and um, not a tank, an armoured car. A greyhound of the Americans. That was like little little thing I did one evening. But uh, January, I first thing I painted this year was uh, a motorcycle and sidecar for my DAC, which was nice. I did some good basing on that, but um, it's a bit of an older model. When you looks very it, nice paint job though. Thank you very much. So there's a little bit of work to make it look as good as it did, I think, because of the uh, yeah. Um, but the big thing is I actually finished my Saxons um, for Ducks Britanniarum. Because I did the Romano British last year and those Saxons have been sat there waiting to be painted. And I thought I'm never going to get them done. And I'd started my 10 mil auxilia. I wanted to get up for my Romans. And I thought, Do you know what? I can get these finished this month and that can be the first cross on my overall list. So straight away, that's something that's helped me get motivated to, to get something done. They're the splintered light models all the way from America. They do look have lovely models. They are. Yeah, the splintered light models from America. I used some little big man studio um, decals. So the shields look incredible. I've actually got a few spares and I ordered them. I ordered the two packs from, from, from splintered light and they sent me. Some extra bits, which is nice. They probably looked and saw, ah, this guy's in England. He's playing through the nose. That was some extra bits. Um, so, yeah, it's good to get them done. We have to play some Ducks Britannia Arm this year. Tom? Looking forward to it. Person. But, um, yeah, they're ready to rock and roll. I think they look really nice. Um, so I'm pleased with those. And that's a, a cross-off on the over list. I'm one of, one of 12 projects down. You've had them for quite a while as well, those models. Mm, they are my oldest project, 2016. Which I know some of you are like, wow, only five years. 
that's not very long at all. <laughs> but for me, that was my oldest project to get done. So, yeah, it's good to, good to get that ticked off. And I know that I can go into something a bit newer. Well, that's good. And, you know, they, they look brilliant. And, you know, both making progress on these oval lists. Mm -hmm. I know on the Facebook group, various people have been posting up their projects as well as of working on lots of different things at the minute. And, you know, it, it's really cool to see the progress that people are working on and also how popular the whole oval list has become. I've become a meme. Tom, I've become a meme. I've gone viral. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, as you've finished off a project that you've had knocking around for six years, have you purchased anything new to replace them? Or hobby purchases, let's look. Are we going to do the music? Yeah, we'll play the theme tune. We've got the jingles, we might as well use them. Absolutely, here we go. Here's the jingle. Hobby purchases. So, yes, I have. I received the British Airborne army set for bolt action, um, which is very nice to get at Christmas. I'm going to start work on those. I also got the book Rebellion, I think it's called, which is the American War of Independence for Black Powder. So that would help when I get to do my American War of Independence armies. So that's good. And I also got some cuirasses for English Civil War. And I've actually started work on those. I've already assembled them and they are undercoated. So that might they might actually get finished before my next list project because I need to get them finished for February the 12th. Nice. For our event. So I need to get them on the table so they can run around and kill some royalists. So a new army, a rule book. Not a new model a army. A new <laughs> army of models. <laughs> Just a new army, a rule book and an, a, an elite unit for my English Civil War. I mean, it's it's a unit that I wanted. I wanted some cuirasses. I wanted some dragoons. And so I got this year cuirasses. Get those done and then... You know, I'll get the, the Dragoons at some point in the future. Well, that's, that's, that's one of the advantages of having a big army that's already pretty much finished, is you can then at some point in the future just go, mm, that's one unit I want, and you can get that, and you, you, you're not in a rush to get it, and then you just get it when you want to. Yeah, in a way, it sort of, it keeps that army fresh and in your mind, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Because like, cause I've added this one unit to the army, in a way... The entire army feels new rather than going, well, I last painted this. Eight, I haven't painted anything to this for two years. Yeah. Or just breaking out a two-year-old. Oh, no, I'm take a new toy on the table. Yeah. And it'll be freshly painted, so it should die instantly because that's the rules, right? Greatly, great, point, great painted models die immediately. That's the rules. Well, looking forward to seeing them on the table. <laughs> Better get them done. Uh, my purchases were a little bit smaller. I bought some 10 mil scaled English Civil War flags for New Model Army. Mm -hmm. or, uh, bought them off of eBay for a grandiose sum of £7. They are just the standard paper ones. You know, you cut them out, fold them over, glue them, yeah. away you go. I think for smaller scale stuff, I really, really like the paper flags. Yeah. 
because you need loads of them and they really work. The, the French army I did, the cavalry had molded flags and the infantry just have a flagpole so you put the paper flag on and I'm not great at freehand. Freehanding six mil scale cavalry flags mm-hmm. is uh, a bit beyond. What? Really? really? <laughs> I'm not doing, you know, fancy ensigns and stuff on the inside. So I found a quite simple flag that I was able to sort of like roughly replicate. Yeah. I just wish I could have put a paper flag on them instead. You're picking the base up by the base rather than the models. Mm-hmm. The paper flags are perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I've, my, I've used paper flags on War of the Roses stuff as well because the... You know, we buy the Perry kits, you get flags in with yep. them. So there was no point buying ancillary flags. And they are huge, long banners and all sorts. And they're, they're also, like, perfectly fine. They're not quite as nice as, you know, every, if, you, if you like a flag, you've probably seen, like, Flagman's flags or other mm-hmm. good quality people who paint these flags. But... I don't know about you, Andy, but I, I wouldn't really want to buy if I had to not like say your English Civil War army. I could easily have spent a couple of hundred pounds on flags. Um, for this is why you admit to spending about thirty pounds on flags. <laughs> My English Civil War army. I haven't put them on yet. They're there to go. I've said I will wait till I get them out for the next game, and then I'll go for the rigmarole of cutting and attaching them all. Because you know, like I do think. If you've never played with, if you've never had an army with flags on, you're thinking, well, what is the point of a flag? They're just a thing that's going to get broken mm. or a piece of faff. But I think they really, really do add to like the visual impact of an army like, decent flag. Like the dude's house, the rug that really ties it together. The same can be said for the flags on an army. They really tie the army together. Yeah, and for some armies, you know, if you want to change faction, all you do is change the flag. Yeah. yeah. English Civil War, I think, uh, probably, uh, you know, War of the Roses is a good example. Yeah. Oh, we've changed flag, different regiment. I mean, my Covenant ones, they're pretty easy. They are just different coloured crosses on the background. Yeah. Easy peasy. But um, I still bought the paper flags because it was easier to buy the paper flags and cut them out than it was to try and freehand them and they'd look a hundred times better so that's what i did yeah and you know i think you you have flags of of every there are there are flags available out there really for every budget aren't there now if if, oh, you, yeah. if you if you're buying models you can generally afford two pounds or three pounds for a sheet of paper flags that you cut out i mean you could even print off your own if you could go and find the image and and you know yeah. I don't, I'm not sure how good the quality would be, whether it would bleed through the, the thinner paper you put through your own printers. I'm not an expert on this. Um, but no, I'd rather, I, I'm happy to pay, you know, a couple of quid for a good flag. Yeah. Because I'm only going to use the one big flag for that unit, you know. Yeah, right up to getting the professionally painted flags from people like Flag Dude, where I think they're like, you know, 15, 20 quid for a really good looking, amazing looking flag. I even had some custom made for me. So my uh, home army for my my Polish partisans, he made those for me and my Moroccan rebels flag. You know, these were flags I couldn't find anywhere. So I contacted him and he was, he, he printed them up custom form, bespoke flags for me. 
Nice. Uh, fancy, hey? Andy with the fanciest of fancy flags. Woo! So that's hobby purchases for us both for January. So shall we jump into hobby news to see what we might be purchasing in the future? Oh, for sure. Hobby news. So quite a lot of hobby news because obviously a lot of stuff's come out recently and we haven't done this for quite a while. So we'll go through it manufacturer by manufacturer. I'm sure we're going to have missed out quite a lot, but this is still quite a, a tome to go through anyway. I'd like to apologise to all of your credit cards as we go forward. There's quite a few nice things on here. <laughs> yes. So, oh, I'd like that. I'd like that. Ooh. Ah. So many things. So starting off with stuff which might be slightly more niche appeal, Warlords have brought out some more Italian armour. Yeah. Bolt action. A armoured car, a flamethrower tank. And they're I think that they're sort of like they're getting close to filling out most of the range of like the options that you can take in the book. You know, across the various manufacturers you can get everything that's in the book, but it's nice to see you're having more options than just having to buy the expensive resin ones from some manufacturers. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to just, you know, if the options there in the book, you should be able to get a model for it. That's what I think. Yeah. Then they've also released quite a few new bits for the Blood Red Skies. Don't actually know anything about that because I don't play it, but there is a whole range of new bits and bobs for that out. So there's a couple of new sets coming out for Black Powder, aren't there, with uh, Colonial Troops and uh, Zulus, I believe, isn't there? Yep, it's called the Anglo-Zulu War Starter Armies, Mm -hmm. Black Powder. They are really really nice models so colonial war gaming is a bit of a marmite issue for yeah. people but they are they're very nice models i think you could easily use them for men who would be kings yeah and that's the rule set that i would look to um i really enjoy using men who would be kings we played that game the other day the other year <laughs> um, that was really good fun i have a good yeah, so you know, if that's something that might interest you, check those out. And then I suppose the big Warlord news, really, is that Epic Battles Waterloo is now shipping. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So some of you will have that in your hands very shortly. Oh, already have. And if you buy over £170 worth of it, you get free courier shipping. So you get it really quite quickly. And although that is a lot of money... Some of the like the these starters like the sets and stuff which come with terrain and complete armies mm-hmm. and that you, know, you can quite easily get to that figure with some really nice models and stuff. But you know what? You, you think about how much a whole Battle of Waterloo armor would cost you in twenty eight mil. You're actually saving money, Tom. And that's yeah, the argument well, I'm making to my wife. When you're getting all the, t- the t- if I hadn't if I didn't already have Waterloo stuff in two scales, I think yeah. I may very well have jumped him to the epic battles waterloo quite heavily yeah i think i might still get some british because i've got the prussians as, as the listeners at home will know or, or guest um i've got prussians but i haven't got any british and i've got 28 mil portuguese but no british and that might be just something fun to do who doesn't like painting white straps and tiny men <laughs> so down the road from warlord we've got semantic news oh yes there there are things that are now available purchase you've got some more halfling units love those halflings yeah, they look great 
Kohlhoffens and the Riftforge Orcs and the Riftforge Mega Army is now available. This is a new army that came out with the sort of the rule update book. Yeah, they do like a campaign book every year, don't they? And this is just this weird energy rift thing. Can you tell I've not read it? Yeah, they are. uh, Don't know how to make make this sound legally distinct, but I think they are Stormcast Eternal Orcs. I was thinking like Urukai, like, you know, souped up orcs. They're like orcs who are like infused with some like mystical energy that like kill some of them and make some of them more They've had Red Bull. glowy. Yes. <laughs> they've drunk a lot of orcs that have drunk a lot of Red Bull and they're super powered and ready for action. Yeah, they're like they're, they're super powered orcs with cyclopses and all sorts of stuff. But they, oh, I saw they the are... Cyclops, they look really cool. And then uh, on the like the sci fi front there is some more stuff for the Forge Fathers, which are like the space dwarves mm. and there's like a guy in a mech suit and then there's a squad of dudes which are sort of have got like it they look sort of like a cross between dr ock from spider-man and a tech priest yeah so they've got like some of them got like big like mechanical arms and legs and tendrils and all sorts they look quite cool uh if you are into if you like space dwarves i happen to i do like space dwarves that happens maybe you have to pick these up but uh, we'll see then about as far away from Space Dwarves as you can get, really, in Wargames Atlantic news, the Conquistadors and the Aztecs are now on pre-order. I really want these, Tom. I really, really want these. So and do I. I. Just, I just... And I've been looking for every excuse to get them. I was thinking, Conquistador Turnip 28, does that work? <laughs> Absolutely. Aztec Turnip 28. Are they Jaguar warriors? No, they're turnip warriors. (laughs) Could maybe use them for men who would be kings with like a slight rejigging of the rules. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I just, I just, it's just a period that I've always wanted to war game and I've never, there's never been a range that really made it possible. I I guess I could in six mil, but I think I kind of enjoyed the, the prospect of painting them. I just really, like they'd have a large Aztec army against a small group of conquistadors. I just, yeah. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't planned it out because if I start planning it, I might end up buying it. Well, luckily for you, the prices are, are sort of actually link into that quite well in that you get the £25 a box from War Games Atlantic. Yeah. You get 24 conquistadors or 30 Aztecs. Yeah. But for 70 quid, you get three boxes. So you could have 24 conquistadors versus 60 Aztecs for 70 yeah. quid. I, Which... I can imagine. Um, I know I might be getting a salute next year. <laughs> and the other thing is, because they're, they're war guns, they aren't going to go anywhere. You know, ah. So you, if you want them for next year or whenever. Honestly, they just keep going from strength to strength, don't they? Um, war games Atlantic. I keep bringing out these boxes that are just really, really good. Well, I, I know I've said it on the show before, but I think pretty much when they bring out a box for something, that becomes the new to go-to box. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know any troop that they've brought out, like troop box that they've brought out so far, that hasn't basically become the new standard for that yeah. era. You know, like the partisans, well, the French resistance that they brought out are fantastic. 
-hmm. the World War One Germans. Again, I've got those absolutely amazing models. I've, I've been looking on their website. They've got um, like 3D renders and stuff. Even in fact, they're bringing out farmyard animals by the looks of it. You know, they've got some incredible looking um, Egyptian models coming out. They're just like just knocking it out of the park, you know, every time. Yeah, I, I wish maybe they would sort of, at the minute they seem to be like, they have like, they're, they're sort of putting their toe into like every single sort of period and genre. Mm -hmm. It might be nicer if they actually go, right, we're going to do all the World War One stuff. And then we're going to do more because they've they've released a new poll for what the, the next period is going to be. That's right. Yeah. And the options for that are early Roman successor period, early Hundred Years War, specifically sort of Christian pointers, the English Civil War. 30 That's what years I voted war. for. War of the Spanish Succession, Seven yeah. Years War, Vietnam or the American Civil War. Mm -hmm. And I think like some of those periods for me are already really well covered. Yeah. Um, like, you know, uh, Rubicon, think, sorry, 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 like Rubicon are bringing out their Vietnam range. And I think at the moment, there isn't even a game I don't, like I'm unaware of a game that everyone is wanting to play Vietnam with. There's the, like the Flames of War Vietnam, isn't there? Yeah. But, mail, but these are 28. Yeah. And I've, so, like, I voted for War of the Spanish Succession because I talk about it all the time as a joke period that who actually plays War of the Spanish Succession. It's going to be you, isn't it? I think it is going to be me because then I can bore people to death. Oh, you don't um, need to play War of Spanish Succession <laughs> to bore people, Tom. Let's ask our listeners. I can, I can go all into the reasons why, like, Louis XIV's tax policies have allowed him to field such a great army and then start dropping the Voltaire quotes. Probably only appeals to people who took... A level history in the late nineties, and he, we he did like all the re he did, we I like had to study the War of the Spanish Succession quite a lot, but it was all the reasons for it, like the economical and the agricultural reasons and everything. Not one page of like the actual military stuff or the battles or anything it was like how do they afford to put the troops in the field? Not what do they do once they get there? Oh man! So yeah, War of the Spanish Succession twenty twenty three maybe yeah. Maybe 2024. We've already got boats next year. 2023, you're the boat. 2022, you're the eyes. 2024, you're the Spanish succession. Uh, then, Bacchus news. So, we've got Joy 6 is confirmed now for July the 3rd. Yeah. Hallam University. We should be in attendance. All being well. All, yeah. If work gives me the time off, we'll see. And they're talking about uh, decals and flags and things like that. Uh, Bacchus are now stocking the flight deck decals for sort of like World War II vehicles. So you want some decals for your six mil World War II tanks and transports and stuff. You can now get the decals for them. Oh, I thought you... So I haven't looked this up. But is it flight deck decals? I was imagining like... It sounds stupid. I was imagining an aircraft carrier. Ah. Is Flight Deck the name of the people who make them? Yeah, for armoured fighting vehicles. Yeah, I was, Im I was imagining it was like a decal that went on an aircraft carrier that looked like <laughs> all the planes on the flight deck. You can leave this in, Tom, so people know that I'm stupid. <laughs> then talking about sort of like 
unique and interesting ranges. Uh, the Perrys have brought out some uh, more metals for their War of the Triple Alliance. Mm-hmm. So you can now get some Paraguayan mounted officers, casualties and dismounted cavalry, along with uh, Uruguayan foot artillery. For everybody out there who's raring to play War of the Triple Alliance. And then in slightly more, uh, you know, maybe more popular period, they brought out some American Civil War uh, mounted Union colonels and mounted Union Corps divisional and brigade standard bearers hmm. for more flag based jollies. You know, people like a flag. <laughs> people love a flag. Then GW News, there's probably a lot more GW News, but these are the things that I noticed. The pre-order for the next version of Kill Team is available. Yeah, it's less stuff in a box. You still get a box of stuff. Yep, it's. Uh, I don't know how many versions of Kill Team this will be since I stopped playing Kill Team. But if you like Kill Team, this year's version's out. We heard you like Kill Team, so we made another version of Kill Team. And uh, it's actually not mini-based, but it's it's computer-based. It's Total War Warhammer Three is out in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. For those of you who sort of you know miss fantasy in the old world, it looks quite good. I've played the first Warhammer uh, Total War. Haven't played the second one, but if you like PC gaming and you like old fantasy, definitely give that a check. Then the final bit of news, which might be of interest to our, our painters and hobbyists in general, is the Army Painter Speed Paints. Yes. Now, if you're interested in these, have a look online. Um, Brent of Goobertand has a really good video where he goes through them all. Yeah. And these seem to be like the Army Painter version of contrast paints, but they seem the consensus I've got from people, and this isn't to knock GW, it's that they're actually better than the contrast paints. I mean, even if they're the same. They're half the price. They're much cheaper. They're in better bottles. Because they're in dropper bottles, not GW's crazy bottles. And they actually seem much more consistent across the whole range. Oh, yeah. Whereas I know like the contrast paints I've used, and I've only used a few. A couple of them are very good as paints. Some of them are like subpar even as a wash. Yeah. And so they, they they seem very strange across the range, whereas from the three YouTube videos I've looked at at Speed Paints, they seem really good. And um, I, I know um, um, Adam um, on Uncle Adam on Tabletop Minions, he's he's been he's been testing them out and he said that um, there's less colours, but it almost feels like um, they've dropped the ones that weren't so good to get the consistency across the range. So they're all really good as they are but the ones that weren't you know that don't seem to work so well in the gw range he 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 personally in his opinion doesn't like so much don't seem to be in the range well that's great and as you've already mentioned the price really the price on them is in a way fantastic like the starter set you can pre-order for online for around 30 pounds for 10 of the most common paints but you can get the full set of all 24 paints for £68. And like while 
nearly 70 pounds might seem a lot for 24 bottles of paint you know less than three pounds per paint especially for the contrast equivalent paints is in a way a bargain yeah i can, I can see me picking up the set because i i use a lot i mean i've got a lot of contrast paints already unfortunately <laughs> or fortunately where do you want to look at it so um it's changing i much prefer drip of dropper bottles too do drips of the paint than, than dipping into a, a pot, you know. Well, it's like, if you've never used a dropper bottle, you may well think, well, you've got to, like, pour it out. So you're always going, you're actually going to be wasting paint because you're going to, like, you've got to drop it out. Whereas if you use it, if you're painting from the GW ones and you're painting straight from the pot, if, unless you're really thin, if you don't thin them too much, you think, oh, I might not waste too much paint. But actually, you use a dropper bottle. It's amazing how much painting you can actually do with one drop of paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I've been on the same bottle of white for all the painting I did last year, and it's still got a little bit of life left in it. Like, dropper bottles last for ages, okay. and you, you don't knock them over. Yeah, that's the thing. I've, I've been very lucky, and I. That's because I set my thing up so i can't knock i physically can't knock over can't afford it <laughs> you know like I, I i've had to buy some like ndf cradles to hold the gw paint pots when i use mm -hmm. them but like i, I any like ergrex earthshade wash is my number one painting product mm -hmm. but until i bought the cradle i never actually used a full bottle because i knocked every single bottle over at some point yeah man because I'm sure they're designed to fall over. <laughs> you know, like somebody walks, you know, in the flat next door, there's enough vibration on the floor to knock them all over. It's... You have a perfectly spherical <laughs> bottom. So it's like impossible for the stand up. Pain in the neck. I mean, I, I've never spilt one and touch wood, touching all the wood. Um, I never will. But that's but I do take precautions to make sure that doesn't happen. I. I have something else for the news, Tom. Oh. Some of you out there might know that I love cowboys. <laughs> and um, Great Escape Games have a game called Dead Man's Hand. I played it years ago. Um, me and, hi James, used to play Dead Man's Hand. And I've been very jealously looking at the plastic um, cowboys they released. I couldn't buy any because I have so many cowboys already. I can literally not justify buying more cowboys to paint although i really 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 want to buy some more plastic cowboys because they're good fun cowboys good fun um but they have a two-player set coming out on the first of february and you get you get the the plastic cowboys you get the rules set you get the card the tokens a couple of dice it's 35 pounds that's not bad for a two-person set that <laughs> is absolutely amazing when you consider i will could go and buy a box like 30 troops so a, a box from i want to go and buy some new italians from warlord that doesn't this is this is a starter set i mean i'd love to buy some italians from warlord as well i need some i need some tom i need some plastic italians but you get everything you need just right there it's incredible uh maybe i'll have to look into that myself then to indulge you in your yeah, for 15 cowboys 15, yeah 15 cowboys so you get 15 gunfighters plus bases you know it's three frames in there 
you get um yeah you get the rule book you get all the tokens the dice the little cards you need to play like i want to buy it even though i have everything in there <laughs> i'd have the tokens i have the rule book i have all the cowboys and i'm like wow 35 pounds i want to buy that even though i already have it because it's such a good deal uh, again may... i'm not be, i'm not sponsored by uh, great escape games but that is one heck of a deal you might have sold me on that one if, they, if it's something that you would really like to play then. mate if, if you want to play i have enough cowboys to play <laughs> i have i have a KR case of cowboys. I do like your metric of everything is it by the KR case. Games we played. So talking about games played, uh, I think actually, bizarrely for a hobby podcast, you've actually played a game. I know it's weird, isn't it? Actually, you haven't had a game, but I, I actually got to play a game and it's it it was fantastic tom i was playing our good friend aaron hi aaron um and we were playing blood bowl um it's a new edition of blood bowl and my club we are running we have the stench bowl league at the hate club um i signed up for it last year and played i should explain that i played a lot of second edition blood bowl when i was 17 which was a long time ago I played so much Blood Bowl that I didn't play anymore for about 25 years or 27 years. Something like that. I stopped. I couldn't bring myself to play it because I just binged so much Blood Bowl that I couldn't bring myself to play. And um, I say last year, maybe it was two years ago. It probably was two years ago. Before the lockdown, um, I agreed. It was like the last game I played before lockdown. I said, okay. So I painted up a shambling undead team. And had a really good game against our friend Paul. Hi, Paul. It was super fun, but I didn't even finish the game. This is technically the first game I've played in like 27 years of Blood Bowl. And it was brilliant. I had a necromantic undead team. And um, I was playing against Aaron Snotlings. And it's just so much fun. And it's so quick. You just roll the dice. And it was it was just so much fun. And I made the decision to get into the league because as much fun as playing you and Ed and Neil on rotation, I thought, wouldn't it be good <laughs> to play? I mean, I'm a member of a club. There's, you know, we have like apparently like a thousand members on the Facebook group at the club. Wouldn't it be nice if, you know, I, I played some different people? So I signed myself up for the league and I got my first proper league match this is a warm-up so aaron was kind enough to sort of take me through the rules again um it's kind of funny because snotlings are not the team to practice <laughs> uh this doesn't apply they have this this doesn't apply that kind of thing um we had a fantastic game i have to say i really really enjoyed it it's such a good i'd, I'd painted up uh the blood bowl team over lockdown i painted a few blood bowl teams over lockdown because there's just so much fun to paint and it was good to get them on the table and play. I really enjoyed my team, which is lucky, really. I didn't know if I would, but I do like the spooky kind of Adams Family, Necromantic Horrors team. It was good. It was really good. Um, you played Blood Bowl, don't you, Tom? Yeah, I play it. I played in the league of uh, 2019, I think, mm-hmm. was the last time I played in the league. I, I really quite like playing Blood Bowl. The reason why I'm not playing in the league this year is 
basically time commitments. I think like hopefully I understand that. Yeah, hopefully my D&D campaign should start up again relatively soon mm-hmm. and playing in a bi-weekly D&D campaign doesn't leave you much room for other gaming. Then yeah. chuck in playing your league game in there it means you've got maybe one night a week, one night a month to get sink in. So, mm-hmm. but I do really like Blood Bowl and I think Blood Bowl is an absolutely fantastic game when you want like a modeling and a hobby challenge when you're sort of limited for space especially like if you're wanting to play at home because like it, it's similar in like a blood bowl team is similar in like figure number and that's something like a Frostgrave warband yeah so it's like it's relatively relatively small number of models but you don't need any terrain to play it it's a board game yeah so like the team's got 16 players Max, but you only have 11 on the pitch at a time. There's no scenery. I mean, the scenery is a board. It's so easy to pick up and transport. Yeah, you can, like, most of the Blood Bowl I've actually played is in people's houses. Yeah. And you, know, you, you can easily play it. You know, if you've got a two-person sofa, you've got enough room to play Blood Bowl. You just put a folding table out in front of you and play. Yep. And the teams, like, the, the GW teams that are out there are... You know, they're GW models, so they're fantastic. You've also got a huge, huge number of third-party teams out there because, if you remember, oh, yeah. Blood Bowl was really... Blood Bowl never went away, even when it was out of print for 20 years or however long it was out of print. Yeah. People were still playing it. People were still making teams. But also, it's a great possibility if you just want to actually build the models yourselves and actually just build a team out of random models like i my last two teams i've built one was a collection of old third edition dark eldar you know all the horrible pointy plastic sculpts because i thought oh yeah thought they'd be quite unfun to sort of like try and rugby tackle (laughs) and the other set was a bunch of nuns because who doesn't want football playing nuns so yeah i would blood bowl gets like a huge thumbs up for me it's like it's a fun game yeah it it, it takes all you know it takes many of the boxes you know you can do modeling hobbying you know there are some people at the club who have like built full 3d pitches and stands and all sorts so you can get if you want to get obsessed it's something you can get obsessed on and really go to town on or just have 11 players. Yeah. Yeah, it's also, it's one of those great games where you can, if you've got a mate around who isn't really a war gamer, or it definitely it isn't a war gamer at all. It's a sports game. You can play Blood Bowl with them. You know, explain the rules, what you're doing. They might never want to play a game of 40k or bolt action or something, but they might well give Blood Bowl a go. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it's a game. And it's, it has its weird rules, but it's, you know, you're not talking weapon skill and ballistic skill and working out weapon ranges and that you know you're picking up you're kicking you're fumbling you're blocking your blitz and it's easy mm-hmm. yeah because you can just do pickup games or you can do a league and and i think the fun comes from getting your own star players and it's very important to choose the funniest names possible for your players as well in as of leagues go on you have that thing well this is my a fantastic kicker who is now got an injury and is really slow or this is such and such, you know, oh, my star player who has had like 
three MVP awards has now got some really bizarre crippling injuries. So then now... I like how in the first the first like <laughs> movement of the game, my uh, <laughs> my werewolf ran up the side and was pushed off the pitch and was killed in the first first turn of the Snotland. They pushed him off the pitch into the crowd. He was killed. It was all right. He got better because he can regenerate. It's like he's dead, but he got better. You know, that really builds a story. And that's just like the first turn of the game. Yeah, I think it's definitely one of those games where if you're if you like playing chess, don't play Blood Bowl. Yeah. Because, you know, you will have that thing of, oh, I need a six. I need to roll like, oh, I need a three to this. Oh, no, you've fallen over and you've broken your neck. You're sort of out of it. You know, if anyone has used a multi-misser, I mean a multi-melter, well, no, if anything but a one guarantees a one. Anything but a six guarantees a six. It's yeah. one of those games where you just like, how have you just rolled four sixes in a row? How has that happened? It just seems to happen in Blood Bowl, and I I like that about it. Yeah, and, and like some teams leaning, I think, you know, your opponent was playing Snotlings, weren't they? And I think sort of, I think I've never actually played myself played Snotlings, but I've played them against them a few times. And I think their entire sort of strategy is basically throw it with a troll and like hope the Snotling lands and doesn't kill itself. And Just that sort of thing, lots, isn't it? Of, lots of Snotlings swarming the pitch. Luckily, and Aaron, Aaron can confirm this, that I couldn't roll higher than five or there would be no models left on the pitch. Like I couldn't roll higher than the five for his armor value. So it's just like, oh, look. Oh. <laughs> well, we've been all waxed lyrical about Blood Bowl. So shall we now? Well, take hopefully we should, we should probably do a little episode on Blood Bowl soon. I think Maybe that's a good idea. So shall we take a mosey on through the gallery? I'm unsure what transportation you've arranged for us this oh. week. I've got it warmed up for us, Tom. It's going to be beautiful. Let's head there now. Let's uh, strap yourself in. We're heading to the gallery. The gallery. Well, the wind's rushing through Tom's hair as we pilot our two-man glider for the Grand Canyon of Miniature Painting. Tom, how are you enjoying the view from up here? I think it's a fantastic view. There are many, many a sights to behold and enjoy. Lovely. So, Tom, um, as I steer us towards the uh, a small rocky outcrop with some inches on, what can you see there? Well, the first sights that come to mind are a couple of Frostgrave Ghost Archipelago crews. Painted by Benjamin Fletcher. I have to say, Benjamin, you've really been um, working hard this month. There's so many models you've done. These are these are really nice. There have been some really nice models you've been turning out this month. So well done. They look really, really good. Yeah, there is like one crew which are sort of cultists based sort of beast many. They're sort of across between uh, the harpies from Game of Thrones and for Assassin's Creed Odyssey mm-hmm. fans. The cultists there, sort of men in like goat and beast masks. Fantastic is all really good. Benjamin's painting, and then some undead skeletons. They're skeletons. They're black scorpion. Now, I spoke earlier in the in the episode about um, cowboys. I was going to say I've got a lot of the cowboy models from Black Scorpion. They're really nice. If you're looking for cowboys, not a special cowboy, go and look there. But these skeletons, 
are amazing. They are really good. It makes me want to go and buy some. Yeah. And I know it doesn't take a lot to make me want to go and buy miniatures. Like, who are we kidding here? <laughs> but these, like, more than most, they're really good. They're just so characterful of actually looking like skeletons in clothes mm-hmm. rather than just, yeah, you know, they're full of voids and holes and they just look really cool. And, and the paint job on them is top notch. Yeah, really good work. And it doesn't turn up 28 as well, which is yeah. very nice. Then, you know, they are, you know, they may be firmly rooted in the Ghost Archipelago, but there are some rootlings seemingly on the march as well mm-hmm. from benjamin for the turnip 28 and oh you know sculpting and painting all in one mini for yeah. a little rootling looks very nice so i've grabbed the joystick of the glide and i'm where we sweep across the dusty desert plains across a group of cacti that are gathering i think i can see a spacecraft tom actually that might be oh it's a wonderful Stargrave crew by by Steve Beckett. Wow. Yep, these are a really nice again. They they look like a cohesive crew. I recognize a couple of the models. I don't know where the others are from, but they look like they belong together. They look they look really nice. Really nice painted. I think especially the face on who I assume is the captain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the face and the hair just looks really cool, really nice. Uh, Like, each model is individual, but, like, the bit of blue on each of them, like, ties them in together without making them at all look uniform. And really nice desert bases. Yeah. Basing. Ties all together. And also, I think, like, as a crew, you know, you've got one dude who looks like he's made out of, sort of, like, rocks or lizards like a furry dude, a robot, and then a human in a trench coat. Like really different nice textures mix. and yeah. stuff to, that, to, to paint. Well, and that's the great thing about Stargrave is you can have people who are robots, people that are aliens, you know, um, the rules differentiate between the two. But, you know, you can really do what you like with those rule set. Yeah. It, it, it's the benefit of all of those, of like both Frostgrave and Stargrave, isn't it? You, yeah. You've got your think- imagination. Yeah, a, a design choice by Joe, which I really appreciate for as a modeler. Yeah. Now, so, as we uh, as we glide across the rocks and see a a faint trickle of a stream from the mountains has made a stream has made its way down and is passing by. Are those are the British coming? Oh my gosh! It's uh, it's Bob's American War of Independence and six mil marching towards us there they look fantastic bob great work inspiring i i need to get a few things out of the way before i can get to work on mine but if they look half as good as yours i'll be very glad to to get them on the tabletop really good work here yep and i think we were we were lucky to sort of spot them there out in the open before they're hidden among the trees <laughs> that bob has also done yeah the trees look really good as well uh, I, I, yeah i think i think even at smaller scale it's good to get you know some some good terrain up there on on the board and the trees look really really good yeah and a, 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 a forest of trees was really done for there and uh, things don't have to be really super fancy to look really good and be really effective mm-hmm. and i think these trees i think are, are really a good example of that i don't i think they're the rubberized horsehair 
and flock mm-hmm. but they just you know they take my boxes for what is good wargaming terrain yeah yeah not everything has to be a complete recreation to every detail and because that tends to be the bits that end up breaking you know. Yeah, you know, we don't need squirrels in the canopies and that sort of thing. I wouldn't go that far, Tom. If we can get, if we can get a squirrel in the canopy, then. <laughs> oh, what's that over there? What's my, who's marching towards us, Tom? Well, it, it looks like some of James's men at arms are defending a bridge. Oh, lovely! These are some of the Perry footlights, I think. Yeah, they look really nice, don't they? Look yeah, really nice individually based but in movement trays i like i do like those they give you the option to do i mean yeah in those big ranked games to be able to move the whole unit in one go it's really helpful but i do like the ability to use them as for skirmish games and take them out as well yeah but even if you like when we played men who would be kings with sort of half a dozen units each it's just so much easier when you just it was half a dozen bases rather than 24 models that's right it was such a nice note fantastic models really nicely painted again all individual but look cohesive as a group nicely based as well and some fine flag work Mm -hmm. and as we follow the nascar desert lines as that draw the shape of a mighty bird we see that mighty bird is flying towards what we call the warren standard here's the warren report (laughs) Well, where do we start with Warren's output for the last month? Let's start with from from our, our lofty heights. Let's first mention the US half track. Yeah, very nice. Painted. Now, as often with Warren's stuff, I'm not sure what scale this is. I'm sure it's something tiny. I think I think it might be twenty. It's lovely. I think he just likes the challenge of making it a little bit smaller. <laughs> Twenty-eight mil, too easy. Like, I think especially like the US half tracks are, I think, quite difficult to make look cool. Yeah. Because in a way, they're quite a goofy looking vehicle. Mm-hmm. And also it's a design. If you're a gamer of a certain vintage that looks in a way so orky, it's actually to make them look, you know, the real thing looks make believe because it almost looks like yeah. a, a backward yeah. engineered battle wagon of some type. Um, but this is really cool. I think, you know, things that stand out on this are things like the highlights on the gunner's jacket mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the detail in the crew. Fantastic as ever. Then, you know, as we sort of look past the half track to sort of what's actually, you know, what is racing towards is a row of terraced houses. I wasn't expecting to see these in the desert, but there they are. Yeah, you know, they, they seem <laughs> they almost, really good. almost like they could be from northern France. It's weird. Yeah, I, where do you start with these, really? Check them out. They're on the Facebook group. The links are in the show notes to the pictures. I would be so happy to own this model as a piece of terrain. Oh, yeah. It's, and then you realise the roofs come off, the second floors come off, so you can put stuff in you know, all three floors. Perfect. It also looks sturdy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like you know, it, it's highly detailed, but it looks like it's actually going to be taken. You know, take the rigors of playing with and not fall apart. Mm. And 
the weathering and wear on the pebble dash and the cobbles in front and stuff. You know, hats off. Looks fantastic. It's fantastic work, Warren, as always. And then, that's not all. No. Wait, there's more. Well, we are soaring through the lofty heights above. We see an avian on the ground. Oh. Some, you know. A ranger. Well, a, a, a ranger of some owlish type. Yeah. It's a Burrows and Badgers owl ranger. And it's about as far away from a US half track as you can get. And is fantastic. And, you know, this, it, we, we've talked a couple of the things that I've looked at today about how people have used colors across like several models to tie them all in together. Mm-hmm. Warren on this one has just used yellow to tie in. You've got it, you know, the owl's wearing a yellow coat, cloak. There are yellow in its feathers. Its armor's got some yellow bling, and the bow it's carrying is yellow as well. Yeah. And it just sort of, really all ties it in together and makes it pop without pop, looking cartoonish. Say. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, you can paint a model every single colour under the sun, but I think it's good to make a choice of a palette. Um, you know, I, I like to use a colour wheel and, and choose a, a selection of colours, and, and this looks really nice, Warren. But, you know, Warren standard. Yeah, really, really nice. And so do you have any other destinations for us today? And I'll glide through the gallery. Thank you again to everyone who posts. We don't pick everyone, but thank you everyone who's, who's posted pictures of their work up on the uh, on the Facebook group. That's the best place to join the conversation. So do go on there, join the group, answer the questions. Please answer the questions. We can't let you join the group and answer the questions. Answer the questions and pop your, your, um, your mentions up there. We love to see them. Inspires us to do better work. So thanks to everyone. So quickly glancing forward at February, do we have any hobby plans to discuss, really, Andy? Well, yes, we do, as it happens. There's a big, we are planning, uh, as part of the um, Hackney Area Tabletop Enthusiasts, the hate club, we are planning to have a English Civil War event. Um, we're going to get a few more details. There are more details on the, on the Facebook group. Um, it's strictly limited numbers. I know I put some links up for those interested. It's not often you get a chance to play in a large pike and shot battle. Uh, but there's going to be multiple uh, players on either side bringing all their toys to have to have a giant ruck to see if it's King or Parliament that's going to take the day. Yep, that's booked for the 12th of February. All day Saturday gaming will be in Bethnal Green. And then I'm hoping to try and get a game of black powder in with my six mil armies at some point that's really sort of my my gaming goals do you have any gaming goals uh yeah so i'm playing 10 mil pike and shot um on wednesday with ed hi ed um to get me warmed up so i can remember how to play the game for the 12th when you play so many games it can get kind of be hard to um, remember all the rules for the game so um i've got that coming up and then the first Wednesday of February, I've actually got um, my first league game of Blood Bowl to play. Oh, nice. And I do want to get some Keyforge played as well next month. I haven't played Keyforge forever, and I'm jonesing hard for um, reaping some amber and I'm, forging I'm some keys. Back into public circulation now, so we can have a, a Keyforge night 
at some point. Pew, pew, pew. Good. That'd be great. Hobby goal wise, I think I would February I want to crack on with this ten mil new mud army mm-hmm. and probably do a bit more work on the naughty dwarves. Oh indeed. Hopefully get them finished. We will see how we I do when we record February's hobby progress. Exactly, yeah. So I'm gonna try and get my uh QSs done for my English Civil War. Uh I hadn't decided if that's gonna be my mystery square. I think if I get it done quickly enough, it's not. I can leave that open for a bigger project. As to something else off there, maybe try and get some more work on those Prussians. Get the Prussians done from last year that I didn't finish. So get those done, maybe. Or maybe the auxilia. One of those two. No pressure, really, sir. So we do what we get done. Exactly. If 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 you if I do if I paint one or I paint a hundred, it's all moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Andy. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, listeners. We'll be back soon with an interview with Carl from Crooked Dice. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, listeners. See you on the Facebook page.